0: Anime Gamers Podcast. This is episode number fifty-nine, recorded on Sunday, April seventeenth, twenty sixteen. I am your host, Evan Minto, also known as Vampvo, and with me, as usual, is my co-host David Estrella, also known as QX twenty XX. What's up, David? Hey, how's it going? It's going. It's going pretty all right. We took a while to set up here because, for the first time in Anime Gamers Podcast history, we are recording not just across the country with you and me but also with someone actually in the same room with me which actually poses quite a technical challenge so with me here uh in my apartment is bill zoker what's up bill hey how's it going it's a very
1: dirty apartment it's full of
0: snakes full of like lots of snakes and bill like indiana jones hates snakes fucking hates snakes snakes. that was the quote from indiana jones that he said yeah it's like fucking snakes
1: i fucking hate them (laughs)
2: yeah uh it seems like things haven't gotten any better since the last time I visited San
1: Francisco.
0: Yeah, the last time you came out here, there were a lot of snakes, and now there are more snakes.
1: Well, it was discovered that all of the hills in San Francisco are actually just mounds of snakes.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's now a weird, really weird thing. Now they're everywhere. Yeah, lots of snakes. Uh, so, Bill, what do, you, what do you do on the internet? Uh,
1: on the internet? And, in, uh, and anywhere. Uh, well, on, I know, I'm asking for the list. On the internet and in real life, I uh, post. I just... Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I am... A, freelance video producer and currently i'm i'm working with you at crunchyroll that's right for a while bill was doing editing and stuff on the crunchy i was I, I was shooting and editing crunchy cast trying to make uh trying well trying to light evan and victoria <laughs> in the same room is very difficult because evan has like an almost mystical like shadow over his face like at all times i can blast him with three different lights and he'll, he'll like he'll flip his hair when it was long and it was just like He's like a really dramatic anime character because he's just half in shadow. Yeah. I've got
0: uh, a condition called Chunibyo. Uh, I have a dark power that, that can't be contained.
1: It's, all, it's called, in called my, not in a my haircut.
0: left eye. It's called not getting a haircut.
1: You actually th- did, though. The other thing to know about me is uh, I'm not going to get any kind of joke like that because I don't really watch a lot of anime.
0: And that... That's, that's relevant here, I think. So, so Bill, you've, like, worked... That is a
1: tactical advantage
0: right That's here. right. I mean, he has an advantage in virtually everything in life, having not watched a lot of anime. Yes. Like, that's it. You, yes. You've won up on us. But, uh, Bill, you've, like, worked in, in video games and stuff, and you're a big video game guy. But uh, I thought it was interesting, because I know that you were really into Erased, and I wanted to kind of talk about Erased this episode, so we're going to get to that near the end of the show. But uh, for now, let's let's talk about other stuff we've been up to. David, I hear you are reading Mobile Suit Gundam, The Origin? Yes, I am. Well, I've actually finished it. Oh, you completely finished it? I
2: completely finished it. It was exhausting.
0: It, like, in a good way? like uh, in like, yeah, like like a reading, very good
2: way. Reading you know, Tezuka's like, Buddha? Uh, I was thinking more along the lines of, like, just marathoning all the
0: Lord of the Rings movies, but yeah. Okay, okay. Right, like, like, like extended little. editions. like this. It, I mean, that's what Origin kind of is, right? It's like, it's the the Lord of the Rings extended editions. Basically, the origin is very much so the extended edition
2: of uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. And for the best, I think, actually, I really enjoyed the uh, the origin manga.
0: Have you seen the original series and the original movies? I, I, saw, thought you've seen yeah, them. I
2: saw the original movies. And the thing about Gundam is that nothing really ever sticks with me when I finish it. So even though I understand that Gundam is this very important cultural icon for Japan, and they've got the giant Odaiba Gundam, and Sunrise pretty much just banks on Gundam merchandised for... until the end of time, probably. Um I didn't really understand Gundam, or that's to say, like, I didn't really appreciate Gundam for what it is, mm-hmm. and I would probably attribute all of that just to Tomino. I don't even, like, really enjoy tomio when he's allegedly being good which is to say the gundam movies i mean they're okay
0: they're not fantastic in my opinion and it looks like evan wants to retort so the i I haven't read enough about the actual production of it but the the common wisdom that i tend to hear from other podcasters and writers and stuff is that i i, I know that yasuhiko was pretty involved in the movies and the, the, like, Yoshikazu Yasuhiko is the artist for the origin manga. And uh, my understanding is pretty much Yasuhiko was in charge of those movies and fixed the things that were not so great about the TV series. So even like yeah. the, how good the movies are is kind of yeah. Yasuhiko's doing, not, not Tomino's doing. But Yasuhiko
2: did those movies like 30, 40 years ago or however long it's been. Mm-hmm. So with Gundam, the origin manga it is so apparent that he's really grown as an artist. Like, he's mm. fully matured into this guy
0: who understands what he needs to do to make a Gundam manga. It's like, original Gundam, uh, it, it's still my my favorite Gundam, because basically every Gundam series after that, with the exception of me, I, I wouldn't even say any of them are an exception, but some of them do this better than others. But a lot of them, like, they're not about much more than being a Gundam show right because they're like they're just part of this franchise now and they have to do these things they have to hit these story beats to make sure that right. they look like a Gundam show and feel like a Gundam show but the original it's just cuz it's original it's not trying to like imitate some specific template but yeah. it's also like it's just like it's a good war story on its yeah. own merits you know
2: i i actually i think in retrospect i appreciate the anime a lot more after i read the um, creator's notes at the end so mm-hmm. they would always get uh, like a guest writer yeah or a guest manga to appear at the end of the volumes at origin of origin and their recollections of gundam were actually kind of fascinating to read because keep in mind like it's the 70s and the kid these kids like they're kids that eventually grew into people that are working now in the industry
0: yeah and- didn't ano write one of the afterwards in there
2: um, the first one, I think, I wouldn't remember
0: yeah. it very well. I remember,
2: actually, I remember Makoto Shinkai is the best because mm. he is very stubborn about, uh, I don't even think he's like actually seen Mobile Suit Gundam, like the, the, uh, the actual anime or any of the movies. Like, I think that was his point that he tried to make or something like that. But that he said he's he, influenced he,
0: even without having seen it.
2: Or what something? he did say though was, Actually, I might be getting the story wrong, but what he, what he did say is that I think he was talking about the Gundam manga when he says that he was really blown away by a lot of the background art in that. And of it's course, Shinkai because, would say that. Yeah, like, because that, that's clearly Shinkai's thing, but, you know, just like his opinion is probably closest to mine, where it's just like being very stubborn about uh, trying to resist the allure of Gundam and basically you see everybody else kind of freaking out like even now like gundam when i see other people talking about gundam it doesn't look like anybody's really got anything positive to say
0: about the new stuff it's or like I it mean, just comes it, and goes really being a gundam fan is is a kind of thankless enterprise it's you know yeah. ha- like at least half of it is bad but, so but you're persistent. kind of just waiting for the good ones to they're show so up
2: pers- <laughs> yeah it's like they're just waiting and it's kind of sad to watch but i'm I'm kind of happy that they do that. That they've actually got that much faith that it'll ever reach the, even maybe half the heights of Gundam the the
0: uh, original series. But the thing is that even the Gundam shows that I don't like, they're pretty memorable. Like I'm glad I saw Zeta Gundam. I really don't like Zeta Gundam, but it's it's funny in its own way. Just because it's like it's not yeah. a that's not a show that passes you by and you're like, well, I don't remember anything from that show. It's like, well, that was bad, but i've got stories to tell about it
2: right you know so that's the one thing i guess that it does right where it does leave something of an impression like i said like it wouldn't really leave an impression on me just kind of like passes me by but there are certain things like the whole like camille is a man's name Mm -hmm. or something like that it's just like certain touches
0: like that The, the double slap the emma double slap in, yeah, in Zeta Gundam, the Bright Burger—it's got a lot of good moments.
2: Like you'll remember stuff like that, but you kind of wish that moments like that would be done for something that you actually care for, <laughs> something that you'll actually like right. remember fondly. You know, when you think back about it, and I think that's what the origin really excels at—is that it took a lot of those moments that, like the really, you know, like the really big moments in mm-hmm. the original series, and because. Um, yeah, so he has the advantage of having so much time to devote to the story to the characters, to like every little detail that he wants to put on the page like at the end of it, it's like the whole like the whole climax of the series is just moment after moment when like it really all comes together into becoming yeah. that thing that I imagine what everybody else sees in Gundam.
0: I've only read a little bit of it, but it actually reminds me a lot of Pluto in the sense that it's kind of the, it's extrapolating on on the original thing there, right? And it's like there's, I think fans can sort of, you fill in the gaps a little bit in the original thing and you imagine Mm -hmm. this like thing that's maybe more sophisticated than it is. But there's like, you can see the the core there, like the original Gundam series has like a lot of actually surprisingly pretty mature storytelling about war and about like what it does to these kids. Right. But it's, it's right. in this show that was kind of there to sell toys. And so it's a somewhat simplistic surface level version of that. And the origin is taking that. And I haven't read the whole thing, but what I've read of it, it like it takes that and it fills in those gaps and actually gives the detail that everybody else was sort of imagining in their head. And that's like, right. a lot of, like what Pluto is like, there are a lot of pretty heavy themes in the original Astro boy story that got turned into Pluto. But that story is really, really short, and it doesn't have a lot of time to extrapolate on it. And Pluto just takes its time and goes like, all right, we're going to take a look at each of these characters and actually develop them and actually like give them the full story that they deserved and that like you kind of could see the glimpse of but didn't get to see all of in the original story.
2: Right. Like, I think the most amazing thing that the origin does is that it makes the new type thing not appear completely silly to me. <laughs> Like, I actually kind of understand its message, and it's actually sort of beautiful when Yasuhiko puts it on the page. Dang. We got David to say, new types are beautiful. Which is shocking. I know, right? Like, it's such a dumb thing that's gotten progressively dumber and dumber as, you know, more Gundam series appear. But in the origin, it actually all kind of makes sense, and... It's actually kind of neat as a, as an anti war story.
1: So is Gundam that one anime where the people get in big robots?
0: It's that's a very
1: early one where they get in big robots.
0: Oh, yeah, cool! It's, it's yeah. It's okay. the generic word for a giant <laughs> robot, a Gundam. Yeah. Okay. Any giant robot is basically a Gundam. That's not true. Do that's. I don't want to actually trick anybody. Yeah, you
1: realize <laughs> that I I I don't know.
0: Right. Uh no, I mean Gundam is the. Kind of. I was I was calling them all Megazords
1: until now. Right. Yeah. 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 I'll just call them all Gundams.
0: Well, let's get back to something that Bill Bill (laughs) understands more of. I've actually been playing more of Shadow of Mordor, which we talked about last episode. Hell yeah. Um, Yeah, and that's a that is a cool game. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, actually, the thing is, I got a new mechanic in the game that I knew existed, but I I was dilly dallying. I wasn't like getting through the main story, so I didn't get it yet. There's a, an ability called branding, which is an ability that anyone on Twitter should understand pretty well. I understand it very well. Yes, yeah, and, it, it, and yeah. any
1: of those long-term Batman fans who know how much he loves to brand people. <laughs> Classic Batman.
0: Um so the the mechanic is basically like you're you already had this mechanic where you can um you can like drain these guys because you're like a ghost powered by the, the You have
1: ghost magic.
0: You have ghost magic that's powered by the the uh As I said last episode, the video game that was inflicted on your your wife and son. (laughs) Yes. uh, The fact that they were killed by the bad guys, motivating you to become a ghost and kill the bad guys. (laughs) You have wife-fridging powers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's pretty good, wife-fridging. So you can, like, drain the life force out of the orcs or whatever, and it gives you arrows back because video games. And you get an upgrade to that where every time you do that, the orcs, they now, like, they work for you whenever you brand them and the branding like takes a little bit of time which is how they like balance it so you you know you can't do it in the middle of combat cuz people are well you have to time it right cuz you you'll get hit while you're trying to do it but they also i think they persist throughout the map
1: yeah so, you can you can actually um you can brainwash like generals and stuff right. and they they will still command hordes of orcs for right. it, but it's for you so like you can walk up to them, and uh, they won't—they won't, won't attack you. They won't attack you, but they'll
0: defend you if you get he- attacked.
1: And you can uh, send the like send the commanders with their hordes of orcs. Or, oh, sorry, they're uriks, not orcs. I don't know why they do that. One nerd corrected me one time, and I never forgot.
0: Uric and orc, I think, are actually synonyms. They're just different languages. They're mm-hmm. the same word, just translated
1: listen i don't i don't even even like tolkien uh but yeah so you can send these commanders to go attack other commanders and like it's a it's one way that you can actually complete quests and stuff too Mm -hmm.
0: but the crazy thing to me was the fact that i think now i might have been misunderstanding this but i think if i brand even just like a foot soldier orc, like just a grunt right if i like go to some other area of the map and i come back There are still, like, all the orcs that I have previously branded. They're still wandering around, and they still work for me. So, Uh like, new ones will respawn that don't work for me. But at this point, I think probably 40% of the orcs I run into, because I've just been running around using this power, like, 40% of them work for me anyway. So the game just got really, really easy.
1: Yeah, and it's also crazy, (laughs) because, like, you can, like, you know brainwash like you know 10 orcs in a camp yes. and then like when when the shit goes down you can have them start attacking all of their friends yeah and it's you can oh that's right you can it's it's it's, like a coup you, you can activate them from stealth so you can like stealth brand
0: half the orcs in the camp and then just like go off and hide by the side and be like all right start fighting everybody
2: and this is just one mechanic in this game yeah and it's persistent across the whole map. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's insane shadow How mordor somebody is so actually great go ahead and like develop Something like that. Yeah, exactly. A like, kind of crazy math has to go into that.
1: So when uh, Machado Mordor came out, everyone was like, man, this nemesis system is so cool. Uh, I bet you're going to be seeing like every game with a nemesis system next year. And it hasn't happened yet. Mm. And that's probably because it is kind really of a, difficult. Yeah, kind of a crazy system that they probably found some creative ways of making it work but maybe in like a uh like maybe this year or next year we'll start seeing the nemesis system pop up so which would be great f-
0: from a programmer's perspective i imagine that the orcs don't actually persist across the world but that it probably aggregates them and then goes like well in this area you branded Thirty percent of the orcs, and then you walk away, and it probably makes those orcs. It just wipes them off the map, and when you come back, reloads them, and says thirty percent of them are now branded.
1: I don't know. Uh, it'd be interesting. I haven't like actually tried. I haven't thought of that and like tested it, but I bet you could like just brand and brand a grunt and just remember who his commander is, and then go away and come back later and see if it's the same model.
2: Right, because actually, you know, take I, think it, it, damage. I think
1: I think it does persist because uh, if if a grunt kills you, he can get promoted and he becomes a unique.
0: Right, but I, th- I think that they only that only matters like in that moment. I think the I, I imagine the grunts are sort of like wiped out and then respawned by the game in, in the background. But only if they kill you, does the game take that randomly generated grunt
1: and then promote them and save them somewhere. Well, I think what's more important is that you can drop beehives on orcs yeah. <laughs> uh, and chop off their heads. Real cool. This is a game for sociopaths. Like, it's yes.
0: it's actually, it's really disturbing because you start to, have, like, the amount of power you have over the orcs starts to kind of, like, get really weird. And you're like, is this okay? It's, like
1: You dominate them. Yeah. It's so brutal. <laughs> it's so messed up. But it's also so much fun.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, I was describing last episode just the, the number of different, like, options available to you for how to deal with situations. Yeah. Is so, like, it's kind of overwhelming at first where it's like, oh, my God, wait a sec. I don't even know what to do, but... It's really just fascinating because you're like...
1: And it's fantastic because it's like, uh, hey, do you want to play this like an Assassin's Creed game? Right. Or do you want to play this like Batman Arkham? Or like it's like a greatest hits of mechanics, but they nailed all the mechanics. Yeah.
0: And man, there's like so many... Because you come away with so many stories. It's like, oh, this oh, yeah. guy was having a feast. So I branded half of his orcs, then had them fight each other, then ran down. And he caught me. I fought him very briefly, but I managed to poison his grog and then ran away. Then they all drank the grog and they... All started fighting each other because it was poisoned, and they thought that, like, you know, one of them poisoned it, and then one of his guys killed him in the ensuing fight. Oh, like, god, that's yeah, it's just a randomly generated, like, I mean, basic, that was just basically a... just paraphrase the hateful eight right there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what was How long did that take? Like, just one minute of game time?
0: Yeah, that's actually... like the hateful eight, but I didn't have to sit through three hours plus intermission.
2: <laughs> no, i actually like what you're describing. I almost think that it would benefit from, like, what I've been seeing with, like, the whole, uh, like, Dark Souls 3 came out, so people have just been uploading, like,
0: clips of really
2: stupid stuff that
0: happens in the game. Do they have anything like
2: that for uh, Shadows of Mordor?
0: Well, I mean, there's, I'm playing it on PS4, and PS4 has, like, built-in Twitch streaming and stuff, and, and like, a share button on the controller. Yeah. (laughs) I
2: think it'd just be fun to just, like, watch it. Like, I don't know how long you have to sit and prepare, like, these situations for.
0: Well, oh, David, I mean, wait. A sec, you know what? Uh, well, we'll talk about this after the podcast. I'll I'll just stream tonight if you want. If you want to watch me on Twitch, let's just do that. There's
1: not actually <laughs> there's not actually that like high of a barrier for entry when it comes to figuring this stuff. Like, there's a lot of options, but it's not complicated. Yeah, yeah. And it also eases you into them. Um, but also, like if you've played a Batman Arkham or an Assassin's Creed, like you're gonna have half of it down anyway. Yeah, it's it's
0: like a brawler combined with a. Stealth game, but like Combined a really com- like like easy stealth game, not yeah, like a metal, yeah, yeah, solid stealth game. I mean, also the
1: combat. Like, I, I saw a video when the game came out. as this guy some some like super hardcore uh, douchebag who is like, man, this game sucks. You can just he, he's just pressing the attack button and it auto guides the character to attack the enemy. So right. um, you can more or less just like fight without really trying. But when you do try, it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, it's it's to me, it's not about like difficulty. Though I think the game's difficulty kind of like is a little uneven because early on, if you don't have enough abilities, you can kind of stumble upon things that you
1: don't have the ability to beat yet. Yeah, sometimes the uh, the the commanders can have some pretty messed up like modifiers that but, make them really hard to kill.
0: But as you learn the more of the game, it becomes less about the game being difficult and more just sort of playing around with the sandbox totally. of like choosing which way you want to kill them today. Absolutely. It's a it's a global thirteen game pretty much how is gogo going to kill them today more so than uh, is gogo going to kill them today anyway that's a that's a pretty cool video game speaking of video games bill
1: yes i hear you're i hear you're playing the games oh yes uh april is a fantastic month for roguelikes on the playstation let me on tell the you PlayStation. On the the nintendo PlayStation. playstation the nintendo <laughs> playstation <laughs> yes the nintendo playstation 360 is my favorite uh video game computer uh, Isn't it the, it's the PlayStation 1? <laughs> uh oh the yeah. The new yeah. one's the PlayStation 1. The, not the
0: th- PlayStation 360.
1: No no, it's yeah. it's the PlayStation 1K cuz they're going to add 4K to it.
0: Oh okay, got it. Yeah.
1: That's only giving uh, you 1K though. How many K's? But it's but it's the second X it's the second PlayStation <laughs> 1. <laughs> so it's a 1K. <laughs> yeah it's the
0: iphone 4s you see it's it's not a playstation one it's a psx oh
1: my god i hate that so much anyway (laughs) um uh, well one roguelike that didn't come out this month but i just got into is crypt of the necrodancer and uh that game's really cool because it's got you know you're going into dungeons that are randomly generated and stuff um but the kind of the the hook to it is that it's all rhythm based Right, so it's uh it's got a fa- fantastic soundtrack from all these different uh composers, but you play as a character and like you don't just walk through the dungeon, you like hop from square to square on a grid, mm. and so you the goal is to hop along to the beat and attack enemies to the beat, and then you oh. get like you get um, multipliers for doing that successfully.
0: Did did uh, DJ hop along to the beat? Do the music for it? God, that
1: wasn't even good, Evan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, the reason I got into it is yeah. is because uh one of the composers on it is Danny Baranowski and like he did the music for like Super Meat Boy and Binding of Ice right, and right. stuff and he's super good at what he does. He won
0: an award at
1: GDC? Probably for it. yeah, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he won an award at GDC for Crypt of the Necro right Dancer. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that's a that's a cool game if you uh, are looking for a new roguelike. But there's new 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 roguelikes. And, I'm interested. And new old roguelikes.
0: An old new roguelike. Yes.
1: So um, one roguelike that I played a lot two years ago when it came out on Steam is uh, Risk of Rain, and that just came how you spell rain in this like like the weather. Okay. And that just came out on PlayStation Four and Vita, uh, and it's cool because like the the netcode uh, for the PC version sucked, and it was like you had to had to do the thing where you like take an IP and connect to a private server. Oh, okay, all, yeah, all ports and stuff like that. But this is, like, you could play with people on PlayStation 4 and Vita together online and stuff. But So that's cool. But it's, uh, it's a really dope game, and it's really pretty.
0: What's the... I mean, Roguelikes, I feel like nowadays especially, they can take a lot of forms, right?
1: So, like, yeah. is it so like this a one, classic dungeon crawler thing, or does it do something different? No, this one is... Uh, it doesn't have as many, like, procedurally generated levels. Like, it's it's just, like, four layouts for every level or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you are very, very tiny on this two D screen, and it's like uh, it's. Uh, what, I guess I'll call it like a vertical TD because it's like you're not top, you're not looking top down or anything.
0: Okay, uh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's side sc-
1: side scrolling, side scrolling, kind of. Okay, it's like Metroid.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, and uh, like every character has four abilities, and uh, so all the like power ups that you get just affect they don't affect your abilities really like you you always do the same thing and so there's a lot of skill involved but you can also obviously get like some crazy ass runs like you do in a roguelike
0: yeah i think i've only i've only played like what uh spelunky is like a roguelike kind I hate of thing that right game <laughs> <laughs> i never really got very far spelunky's in spelunky spelunky's a
1: good game but it's like way it's too really, stressful
0: it's really hard and stressful yeah and like ftl is a roguelike like oh, yeah. or whatever FTL's i really like ftl really good. if yeah. that
1: ever comes to playstation i'll be all over it I don't know if it... I feel
0: like it works really well on PC. Yeah, I know, like but I hate... Clicking playing.
1: things. Computers are for typing and uh, watching actually adult agree. entertainment. I agree. I don't like playing anything on keyboard and mouse. <laughs> yeah, like those Those are letter buttons, not right. gun buttons. That's right.
0: <laughs> that, if, you know if they made a keyboard where the
1: button said gun? <laughs> gun, I'd be wow. jump, that. <laughs> duck. duck. Um, but there's a, there's a new, 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 new <laughs> roguelike that just hit... PS4 called Enter the Gungeon and it is fucking oh, dope. Oh no! It is so dope. No won't stop pun. talking about Enter the Gungeon. Enter the Gungeon not yeah. Edge of the Gungeon. It's not like you said Edge of the Gungeon. No, I said Enter the Gungeon. Enter the Pungent. <laughs> enter the Pungent. Yes. Anyway, Enter the Gungeon. Obviously, there's a lot of guns in it. And dungeons. Uh, most of the enemies are like anthropomorphic bullets that shoot guns. Dang, actually, you sold me on it. Yes. I'm into it also like the the gun selection is vast and wacky like there's an nes zapper and the last shot in the clip is a duck hunt duck that will (gasps) home in on enemies
0: (laughs) i found it i knew i I found the game that that i want to play
1: unfortunately it doesn't shoot the can
0: it just no never mind yeah forget about it (laughs) if it doesn't have the can i'm not interested
1: but yeah that's a that's a really 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 good game so if you like roguelikes definitely check that out
0: you played
2: ftl right david uh, for maybe, like, an hour. It's one of those, oh, like, okay. games
1: on Steam that
0: I bought and then never touched again after my first hour. Wow, that's crazy. That's FTL's, like, one of my favorite games ever, probably.
1: That's another reason I don't like to play games on the computer, though, because, like, I'll buy a game and I'll play it for a half hour and then I'll tab over to Twitter. Yeah, And I'll never right. play it again.
2: Yeah, it's like, you will tab out to Twitter, then you tab out into anime DVD,
0: and then you tab out into your adult entertainment, and then you right. tab out into bed. <laughs> Yeah. It's just like, it was just a progression of, of getting worse and worse. I'm surprised though, David, that, you know, you have a separate tab for your anime DVD and your adult entertainment. Those are two different I they tabs. Com- I hear
1: they combine those sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> they've got a way of
0: having both of them together. Yeah, that that really heard. streamlined my whole process then. <laughs> All right. So, I haven't been reading a lot of manga lately, and I feel, I feel bad because I keep like getting more of it but i, yeah, I feel bad it, for so. you because last time i was there you had all this manga
2: that you didn't read and like evan come on
0: yeah i mean it's a good problem to have because i had all that manga because like a friend at viz dumped a bunch of free manga on us <laughs> it's like here's a here's every volume of gogo 13 and yeah. a box set of nausicaa perks, like all this
2: stuff perks of working for anime uh disclaimer evan works for crunchyroll do not that's right uh, don't take his hit that disclaimer seriously. yet
0: but, uh, but the, might as well say now that, yeah, both Bill and I receive paychecks from Crunchyroll, and everything we say here does not, none of it represents Crunchyroll, which will be especially relevant when we talk about Erased, a show that's airing on Crunchyroll. I
1: certainly do not represent Crunchyroll <laughs> in any capacity.
0: So, anyway, uh, I am reading, or rereading, and then also reading, I'll explain that, Triton of the Sea, which is a Osamu Tezuka manga from the, that DMP put out, as a stretch goal on their Unico Kickstarter a couple of years ago. Oh, that and sounds I, very DMP right there. Yeah, exactly, right? This is before they were doing the crazy, like, we got the rights to everything, but we have to kickstart it independently and do all this, like, a million Kickstarters things. So this is... What I'm saying is this is back when I was actually supporting DMP Tezuka Kickstarters. I got this and, like, and Cat were both, like, two things I got with Unico. And I read Unico, and I never actually got around to reading Cat, and I read the first volume of Triton like a year ago or two years ago, and I just, I came back to it and I was like, did I read the whole thing or just the first volume? I don't remember anything that happened in this manga, and it turns out I only read the first volume, so I had to reread the entire first volume so I could get to the second volume (laughs) and actually know what was going on. I guess like Triton's a pretty popular character in Tezuka's, he's not really a star system character exactly because he doesn't show up in a lot of other things, but he's like a a fairly well-known tezuka mascot character kind of thing you know along with with uh astro boy and and uh kimba or leo and uh sapphire from princess knight and all these characters but triton's like a he's a i guess he's like a merman except he doesn't have uh he doesn't have a fish in the bottom half of his body it's like the the dudes in this race of undersea people got like a really good break because the the women Have fish legs, things like they're mermaids, but the dudes, tails, they're tail, yeah, that's true. They have fish tails, Uh, fish miles
1: (laughs) tails prower. Also, I don't know if the women in that culture having fish tails is really a lucky break for the men. That's because that's where the that's that's where the love parts are. That's a fair point. Well, Uh, consider the
2: alternative, fish head.
1: Well, that's that's the. That's the eternal question, isn't it? Would you would you rather have a fish head or a fish? We'll put a poll on Twitter when
2: we post uh, from the official Annie. Actually, you know, we
0: we gotta ask. I never even asked for questions for this episode. How about that? Uh, Hey, Twitter, what's up?
1: I have Uh, so many questions, though. Anyway, so all fish related. (laughs) Yes.
0: Right, (laughs) but the, the dudes get to just be like humans who can breathe underwater. So that seems pretty cool. So they're Aquaman. They're just Aquaman. Okay. Yeah. It's basically a story about Aquaman. It's got Atlantis in it and stuff too. But it's uh, it's very aggressively Tezuka, like in every single way. <laughs> I think like you, you've read enough Tezuka, right, David? Yeah, I think so. I think I know what like, you mean. It's just, it's this thing that that kind of starts off as like, it's going to be a shonen kind of adventure about this boy. And because it's Tezuka, it's actually about like his entire life from birth to death. And it's this like <laughs> epic across this, you know, multiple cultures, and ah, uh, there's a battle between nature and and the people of the land and the people of the the sea, and this it's very very large scale, which is like a thing that Tezuka liked to do a lot. It's like with Buddha, right? I was saying I mentioned Buddha before, I think, but like Buddha's like exhausting to read because it's not just sort of this one story. It's like the, like the main character of Buddha only shows up at the end of the first volume because you have to like it's one of, you know, one of eight volumes, you have to read an entire volume and it's like now Buddha's here, but he's a baby. So you've got to wait <laughs> a whole nother volume before he can even talk. Like The cool thing about it is it's a little more like, have you read Dodo? David?
2: Um,
0: no, actually, I don't think I have. So, Tezuka had, like, a lot of his stuff, things like Astro Boy, like, Astro Boy has a very kind of cartoonish approach to violence a lot of the times. Yeah, right? that
1: boy has a gun in his butt. He
0: does have a gun in his butt, yeah. it's true. Uh, but I mean, even, I mean, even like the greatest robot on Earth, which is a kind of dark story, right? Like, Astro Boy as a character, like, he's pretty nice. He's just kind of a nice kid. He's nice got kid. powers and saves people. He's he uses a hero. He his butt gun. Right. <laughs> he... <laughs>
1: DJ Gunbutt? He
0: uses his butt. <laughs> Oh, he's an Astro Boy.
1: <laughs> nice kid. Astro Boy. We're,
0: we're, doing, we're doing the Loop on the Third opening. There. Oh. The Loop on the Third, like, character insert song.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> so, what is that, an anime? That's an anime, okay. yeah. Lupin 3. Oh, I love Lupin 3. It's a really good show. <laughs> uh, my favorite character Nathan is Jigen. Jigen from Lupin 3. But no, like, in Dororo and Triton, in, in both of them... There's a little bit it's a little bit of like a he's he's not in his Gekiga phase exactly where he's you know like where Tezuka was trying to imitate Tatsumi and Saito and all these people, but he it's just like Triton is like just really pissed at the the other race of of like people underwater. And the whole story is him being like, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill whoa. every last one of them. And it's like whoa. Hey,
1: whoa. <laughs> whoa.
0: And everybody's like, hey Triton, maybe what if we were like I mean, at least a couple of characters are like, what if we try to, like, I don't know, negotiate with them? And Triton's like, I don't know. I don't think so. And then he's got, like, this nice dolphin pal. And the dolphins are like, you should kill them. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. Oh. Oh, that's so Tezuka, I, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's... It, he, he did stuff kind of like that in some stories. But it's a little bit, like, there's a certain style of Tezuka story that's like that. And then there's the kind of thing that's more like, you know... Like Buddha or something where you have characters who have that sort of opinion, but they're not the main character. The main character is teaching some sort of like much more easy to digest positive message. And yeah, that's kind of like Dododo is like a kind of revenge story. Very similar to Triton, actually, because in both of them, there's like a they're just tracking down and killing a whole bunch of enemies or kind of repetitively. Right. There's like a monster of the week thing going on. But in like a kind of scary way where it's not like we're defending from bad guys. It's the main character is hunting down bad guys and killing them one by one. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I haven't finished it yet. I imagine there's going to be some sort of very Tezuka ending, right? Triton's going to get old and die or whatever. You're going to find out he has a
1: gun in his butt. That's right. (laughs) He's going to have
0: a gun in his butt or he's going to have like a a harpoon in his butt. Yeah. He's like an underwater guy. Yeah. Um, No, but I'm sure it'll end in some like Shakespearean tragedy because that's that's what Tezuka was really into. Anyway, I think we've hit the actual subject time. I believe last episode, I told David, you should watch Erased. Go watch Erased. You're going to like Erased. Screw yourself. That's right, as you usually do, when I try to recommend anything to you. After other tell, yeah.
1: What you should have said is go watch Erased up to episode 10. Fair enough.
0: (laughs) I think we've already got an idea of what Bill thinks about this. Yes. But but Erased is uh, a show that aired on... Crunchyroll, and I think also Funimation and Daisuke. Uh It's a it's animated by A1 Pictures, directed by Tomohiko Ito, who is the director, yes, indeed, the director of Sword Art Online, the one and only. Which and, I'm still uh, trying to convince you to watch. <laughs> You're not going to get me to watch Sword Art oh, Online. Oh, come on. So, anyway, Erased, I think it was... Uh, I, I kind of had the idea to have bring Bill on because, for one thing... Erased is like appeals to non-anime fans yeah, in a very it's, deliberate it's, way.
1: it's got a pretty mainstream appeal.
0: And also uh, you I knew that you were watching it because yeah, like we,
1: at Crunchyroll we, at Crunchyroll about we were it. shooting uh, like a wrap-up shows uh for each episode and it it seemed interesting enough that I wanted to watch it. And usually I'll just wait until until the season finishes, but it's like, well, if it's going to get spoiled for me every week, I have to catch up. Yeah, yeah I, watched, I watched it all like I watched it almost all of it in one night.
0: And that's the, that's one of the things that I think is is great about it is that it is uh, it's got this very compelling kind of like, you know, use of cliffhangers and stuff that really pulls you along between the episodes. But uh, what's it about? We didn't really say that. I've mentioned it in a previous episode, but just for anybody who hasn't watched Erased yet, it's it's a time travel murder mystery. So the main character has this ability to go back in time. It's actually like... We talked about this. It's yeah, not really so relevant to the rest of the story to describe what his power it's is. It's So
1: unnecessary. In the yeah. first episode, they they in, uh, right off the bat they show you that I forget everyone's name in that show because it's been Satoru a few. Satoru is weeks. the main Satoru. character. Okay, so Satoru is a pizza delivery boy, and they show him driving, and it's like, and he's like,
0: he's a, to be clear, he's like twenty seven or yeah, whatever. so pizza he, delivery boy.
1: Like well, <laughs> if, you're, if you if you ride on thing. a scooter and you have pizzas in the back, you're a boy. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's he's narrating too, which is. Like it's such a waste of space and 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 energy, but he's like sometimes when a thing that's bad has happening, I'll go back in time a few minutes and then I can change it. If only David had that when he was
0: playing Undertale, <laughs> oh, he would have been able to change course. Well, we'll eventually get to that. That's its own whole <laughs> episode. Look forward to it, guys. But yeah, basically the the it turns out that he. The main plot of this story has very little to do with that specific yeah. power, and more so just that a really bad thing happens to him, a, and he goes all the way back in time to fifth grade, where yeah. he is now has the knowledge of an adult and remembers these kidnappings and murders that happened when he was a kid, and now he can try to stop them
1: Yeah, as a kid. at the end of the—well, he he has one of these revivals, and he, he like, stopped, like, some— driver had a heart attack and fell asleep or died and fell asleep uh he so he stops the truck from hitting this kid but he he crashes and wakes up in the hospital and his mom is there to take care of him and and then they're talking like hey remember when those kids got killed right when i was in school um and then at the end of the episode do we want we don't want to spoil it do we
0: uh i want to give the basics of it and then i we, we'll talk about spoilers
1: but okay, at least something so- happens yeah. and he at the end of the first episode he, he has another revival and you see that he is a child in, in walking up to his primary school
0: yeah and then it's basically like it's dark detective conan not really a little kind bit of. but but it's kind of its own thing uh that that I've resisted using that as a description. The race that would be a lot better if he had it. a
1: rocket skateboard, just to, <laughs> just to be fair.
0: Yeah, if he if he just like beat people up by kicking a soccer ball at them.
1: <laughs> or a, like a like a kettle. It's anything round that he can kick right. into a into a crook's face. But David, I guess
0: you uh you ended up liking it, right? I think we watched some at Genericon and then you ended up finishing the rest of it.
2: Yeah, well, I mean I was only resistant
0: to it just because of the whole
2: uh Undertale incident. But <laughs> Yeah, after those first two episodes, um I just had some time uh and I ended up watching all of it in one go, which yeah, I, don't, I don't I can't do anymore. I just I don't have that sort of uh endurance, not like uh right. And not like when I was like really like really really getting into anime just like consuming everything that I could see. Now I'm I'm a lot more discerning in my uh in what I choose to watch. But I'm not so sure if I want to say like the the cliffhangers are
0: compelling because a lot of that stuff does not matter in the end. That's one of the issues with it. So it, it there's a lot that I really like about this show, but the and I guess we're we're getting toward talking about the ending. So spoiler alert: we're going to start spoiling some stuff for the show here. So please go watch it if you don't want to get spoiled. Now we've at least given
1: you the basic pitch for what it is. Although to to be fair, Erased is a peculiar show and that most of the like, okay, I'll say half of the things that happen aren't surprises. Uh, like the killer is certainly not a surprise and that that should be the main thing, but there's a lot of things that there's maybe like three points in the story where it's uh, surprising what happens.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. Except I think that the, it's not so much the cliffhangers though, as the, uh you know, like you said, David, but it's the, there's a lot of tension to it. Yes. Right. So even if not a, even if it's not like everything's surprising, knowing exactly what's going to happen probably takes away some of that tension of kind of sitting there being like, like something is ha- going to happen next. And even if you kind of know what it is, there's like a, a tension to not being a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Right? And
1: it could it, I, honestly a lot of the tension for me was like, what is Satru going to experience that is going to be really fucked up and hurt 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 him pretty bad? Like right. Because I always figured he'd be able to go back again if he needed to, which now that we're in spoiler territory, he does. Uh, But, you know, like when he sees when he realizes that Kyle's been murdered again and he sees the gloves and like he's devastated. Any viewer with a heart is devastated. And that's that's where the real tension comes from for me.
0: Yeah. But I think to your point, David, that's very true that the show, its biggest weakness, I think, is that it sets up a lot of threads that it mostly ignores at the end. And, like, I, there's some shows where I'm I'm kind of all right with that. Like, I know some people complained about that with, like, Old Noah Zero, where they were like, oh, it has all these interesting side plots, and then it doesn't do anything with them. And I was like, yeah, but that's because those side plots weren't actually relevant. Like, why did you care about them? They weren't what the show was about. But in this case, it's, like, really kind of, it feels like all of those are actually supposed to tie together, but they don't. They, it ends up being, like, well, yeah, it turns out really like this was about this one thing the whole time. Well, the big, you shouldn't have paid yeah. attention to
1: anything else. I mean, the biggest drop thread for me is how in the beginning when he goes back as a kid, Kenya is definitely also an adult. <laughs> like like At least that's what everyone, like. that's what it seems like. <laughs> it seems like he's also having a revival and he's really an adult and it's like, what's he's going on matured. there? Yeah, I, was, and I thought then, that like, was
2: a missed opportunity there yeah. because it kind of felt like certain people were onto the whole game that Satoru was playing over here. Yeah, um, that was the problem with uh, it was just really aggressive with the framing of certain things. Like when Kenya goes to the teacher to plan the yeah. birthday surprise for um, for Satoru and Kaio, because it's framed in such a way where it's like, whoa, what's going on? Like,
0: yeah, it's a like, lot of red herrings. The, yeah, the show is yeah. like very, very obvious about every single time it wants you to think that somebody is doing something suspicious which, like, it would have actually worked great if they had provided more potential suspects.
1: Yeah, there, right? was, there was only ever one suspect, and that, that kind of that took a lot of the wind out of my sails. You sales.
0: can't do red herrings if you only yeah. have one suspect. You need to have a whole host of them and then do red herrings for all of
1: them so you I, don't know what to think. I right? love a good mystery, and a lot of what's good about a mystery is not knowing who did it. Yeah. I was... I actually kind of... the The
0: red herring thing threw me off because... I was like, "Why would they be telling you? Why would they be telegraphing that? Spoilers: The teacher is the killer. If he actually was, yeah, right? like exactly. That, <laughs> that seems like such a lame thing to do. Wouldn't you, if you, they were tell If they're like putting in your face, he's the killer. He's the killer. He's the killer.
1: You would expect that the twist would be he's not. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like- <laughs> that's exactly. Well, that's what. Well, we got to like when it was like episode eight. I think I was talking to you, and I was like." either it's the killer or it's somebody we've or either it's the teacher who's the killer or it's somebody we've never seen before because at this point there's literally no one else who could have who could be the right. killer
0: there was there were no other plausible like
1: they didn't options. even have like other adults in the show that could like that they didn't even talk like there's one adult yeah and he was obviously the killer
0: and i wonder if the manga i, w- I haven't read the manga uh i wonder if the manga has like other characters that got left out that yeah maybe are I, potential I heard suspects that the ending is different from yeah
1: I'm interested to find out what the ending is in the manga because yeah. I will take anything over what we got in the anime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think the ending is that bad. I think uh, I might have talked to you about this, Bill, but the I at first I kind of was not too happy with it. And then the more I thought about it, actually I quite liked at least some parts of the ending because I think the show to me seemed to be very much about, like it's not about uh, the murder mystery exactly, right? It's not about catching the killer, which is maybe why like, it turning out that the killer is who you expect it is isn't that big a deal because it's really a show about like about Satoru learning to trust the people in his life and to connect with so them. So the, right? basically,
1: the thesis at the end of the show is that you know Satoru was uh, kind of a loner right. and and kind of uh, withdrawn, and the message at the end is. Uh, you can overcome anything with the power of friendship, and, and I want to th- yeah. throw travel. up all over myself. <laughs> and time yeah. travel, yeah. yeah, it's so it's so dumb, but it's it's not just that though, right? Because I think that the the theme of trust... oh, there's also people have spider webs in their heads. That's, yeah, there's <laughs> that, which is a kind of weird metaphor, but the uh, okay, so the, there was a lot of metaphor in the ending, and I didn't understand a lot of what they were trying to convey with the metaphor. So if you have some insight, I would love. to I mean, hear I think it. the spider web thing is just it was a way of
0: expressing and sort of explaining why the teacher leaves
1: satoru alive so right? is and it he's
0: toying with him he's interested in what's going on is here. it just like, that
1: the in the in the teacher's psychosis because he has the whole story about the right? the was it hamsters yeah like uh he put all these hamsters in a jar so they drown and then <laughs> one of them survived and so he he was fixated on the hamster that showed a special characteristic yeah. that he valued and Satoru because yeah. he was uh, impossibly preco- precocious because he was an adult and like right. s- managed to thwart his plans decided that he was also special and and so he yeah. became fixated on him but they never like you only get the teacher being fixated on him for like 10 minutes right and then it goes into the climax at, at, you know when they after the coma
0: yeah i think it's it there's definitely not enough time for it, but I did. I did get it. Like it, it wasn't completely
1: opaque. It, like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if I understand it correctly, I, it's totally weak. Like I don't think it's worth, mm-hmm. worth all the build up.
0: But I was just gonna say, I think that the, the theme of trust that I'm talking about is not just about like, you know, with the power of friendship, because the, the theme of trust is, it actually runs through like every character relationship in the entire show it's not just yeah not just satoru and his friends as a kid but also with id who's like a i guess at the end they kind of go like oh she's actually a romantic interest kind of there's like an implication okay so of wh- that.
1: what would you say but what they're trying to say about trust and the, the
0: teacher what are they trying to say about trust though they're trying to say that that and it's it's still kind of simplistic it's not i'm not going to say it's like super sophisticated yeah. but it's it's a fairly simple message that uh trusting in the the people around you and that the people who you care for right that they will do the right thing and that they have your best interests at heart and that like you know if that basically you can you can take a leap of faith and know that they're gonna be there for you that's
1: what gets you through tough stuff, okay so here's right? the problem with that thesis uh a teacher is literally a position of inherent trust for children yes, and their right. parents so if you like If you're saying that you should trust people more, the one person that you probably trust by default is killing you. Except even it
0: even addresses that directly because Satoru, in the wheelchair, pushes himself off the roof and trusts that the killer teacher will catch him, which he
1: does. No, he doesn't. He has his friends downstairs with a goddamn parachute bag to catch him.
0: Well, there's both of those
1: so like he took basically he had a batman gambit he he thought he could predict uh how his teacher was going to react but just in case he had a safe landing prepared for himself
0: well it's not just that right it's the that actually i actually kind of like that because he he defeated the teacher by proving to the to him right like by, by by taking this leap of faith and being like you're going to, like, this guy who thinks he's got everything figured out, the he teacher, basically, right? He, 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 like, he
1: psychologically defeated it. Right,
0: he's like, you're gonna catch me when but, I uh, jump off. He's like, I'm not gonna catch you, you're gonna do it. And he, he trusts that he's gonna do it, even though this guy is a killer, right? He trusts that the his his enemy is going to save him, and it works. But I also right? don't
1: understand why that even matters to Saturu. Like, why why is that important to him all of a sudden? Like, there's nothing leading up to that that makes... Well, okay, so Saturu only knows that the teacher is the killer, like, At the end of, like, the third to last episode. Yeah. And the teacher only suspects there's something, like, not just special about Satoru, but, like, you know, uh, supernatural when he yells out, I I can see your future. Right. Which is at the end of that same episode. And then, you know, we flash forward to him waking up in the coma, from the coma. And so, like, they're they're only even, like, really uh, adversaries for like a right. few days before this final confrontation, where, um, all of a sudden the teacher is obsessed with southru and all of a sudden southru really, really cares about just like making the teacher cry. <laughs> like he's a yeah, child that's killer. that's a fair just point. Get him arrested. He's a child killer. And and at the end of the at the end of the day, in the end of the episode, the teacher gets arrested because of the poison in the sick kids' IV. Anyway. Yeah. So, like just get him arrested. Why do you even care about like making him sad? Well,
2: he never killed anybody in that timeline. Everybody lived. actually, that's
1: that's something oh. that's that's something um, that I wonder about. Do they? Maybe I forget, but do they address whether or not the teacher was still killing kids while Satoru was he in coma?
0: Could Did, didn't he
2: s- not kill anybody after that? Oh, that yeah. Really? They say they said it. that he was actually just waiting for yep. Satoru to wake up. Yeah, so I mean, that, uh, he
0: got started. blocked him. It's I don't he know. Just he got in the way. He couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> he had the yips. He couldn't get it up after that.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that we're equating uh, eroticism to child murder. Well, welcome to anime. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just think it's weird that that is like the last word in uh, you know on the subject of, the, of that whole story, and it right. only comes. It's a total gear shift from the rest of the show up until that very I- the last two episodes it came out of nowhere yeah i definitely think the
0: end feels a little disjointed like the i don't know if it it's feels rushed like a, exactly but just that it feels like it's its own it feels thing. like a completely
1: different show yeah the last
0: two episodes yeah it's it's it kind of the the themes shifts a little bit like the like i was saying a lot of this the plot threads things like the story with id the like everything with kayo like a lot of that kind of just goes away and then the show's like oh but that wasn't important, right? It was all about this battle between the teacher and... Satsuki. Which it like...
1: never was <laughs> right. until the very end. Yeah. Uh, and it's also weird because like the rest of the show up until that point is very plain spoken. Like Everyone relates to each other in a very realistic way. Yeah, everyone, which is everyone one of the best parts. Everyone speaks plainly. And then at the very end, it's all like poems. And it's right. like, what is even happening here? That's a really good point. I hadn't thought of it in terms of that. So as as I was saying, watch it up to episode 10. <laughs> When, when Kaio is saved, uh, like, I actually doubted this because I was talking to Miles at Crunchyroll about the show, and um, it was after episode 10 aired, and I'm like, so what did you think of it? And he's like, well, I got my ending, and I'm like, oh, come on, there's, there's going to be more. There's two episodes left, and no, that's my ending, too. That's all I need because the rest is just weird and oh, unnecessary. Wow. Well, I mean, if
2: I have to argue the point because you guys do seem to be in agreement. I have, after I finished it, I kind of had a whole bunch of thoughts about it and just kind of threw it into Twitter. And I came out of that thinking, well, maybe the whole show wasn't even really supposed to be about the mystery. Right. Like, from I don't, the beginning, I don't think it is. Because for one, the power itself is kind of broken and you can't really have a genuine mystery with something like that, where the guy, the guy literally goes back. After he fails into his regular timeline. And then he's on the run for a little bit. And then when things are at the most desperate, he literally just shouts his way back into yeah. childhood to fix things again. And he's like, he's so certain that this, this is the last time he actually says that he's like, so corny. But he says, like, this is the last chance oh, I, I loved have that. to
1: he's like, he's so this- determined. He's like, I am going to get it right this time. Like, yeah, I, so there's no way.
2: Here's the thing, though. So, I was thinking why he would say that and why this show, which has been kind of smart, kind of dumb, you know, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, like, interchangeably smart and dumb throughout the whole uh, run. And I remembered, he's a manga artist. He's a struggling manga yeah, artist. he's a storyteller. So, then a lot of things started to make sense to me because rather now... I'm thinking of this as a like a like a creator's power trip where he's kind of have like all of these like like these sort of emotions where he's like he's probably uh some like like a underdeveloped adult like a kind of like a man child right i mean he he's still doing his little pizza delivery job at twenty seven to right. pay the bills because of this like he can't really get his manga career on track so of yeah, and course, he can't, he's gonna he can't be engage saying, with the people like, around him and
1: stuff, stuff
2: too. Like, like, of course, he's going to be saying, like, this is the last time I can do this. And then a lot of the just like the stupid things that he does start to make more sense. And at the end, when he comes back and then he sees like all his friends are alive, this is kind of his, his moment of catharsis when he realizes, wait, I actually ended up, I actually ended up being the hero that I wanted to write.
0: Yeah, I think there's a I agree with that. That there's an element to the story that's about growing up and being like a fully formed adult. Right. right? So that's, that's why
2: that's why he goes back not to solve the mystery but to just fix his life. And Well, yeah. Right. Kind that, of like regain, you know, like, you know, a little bit of perspective because he blamed himself for the death of uh, Kaio and the other girls for this whole time.
0: Or even just I mean that 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 is definitely a running theme because there's these moments where he's like I remember I, I went here, but it was just me before, but now I'm here with right. it didn't all my seem friends. Significant and, stuff. To him. and then yeah. other, other stuff
2: like, you know, because that didn't seem significant to him, he realizes now how much, how much more significant that time and place is. So in that case, like a lot of the, what seemed like inappropriate framing for, um, just like, like the artificially inflated sense of dramatic tension in a lot of scenes started to make more sense because, if you're seeing this through Satoru's perspective, he doesn't really know yet, like, what's important, what's not important, when he should act, what he should do. He's kind of, you know, flying along here by the seat of his pants.
1: I, I did appreciate a lot of the scenes that what, when they're trying to convey that, uh, you know, in this case, you can literally save someone's life and and fix your own just by, like, being a person to other people's, like, mm-hmm. being friendly and getting engaging with other people and uh trusting trusting right. them enough to like let them in and to you know let you know be trustworthy enough that they can lean on you for help and, and stuff like that. That stuff was nice. Also I, I feel like I've been shitting on a race a lot, but a race overall <laughs> is really, really good. Like and and a yeah. lot a lot of, a lot of the like little details, uh, Evan. I know you, I know you really appreciate a lot of the like animation stuff and
0: the it. cinematography,
1: especially yeah. like
0: the the framing that Ito and and who his episode directors because I imagine he's not doing all the framing himself. Like some of that stuff, I wrote an article about one of them. Like it's it, it's hard to say because like who knows? There might be like lots of shows that do this stuff, and I just don't notice it in those shows. But I at least notice it in a race that there are clear sort of like actual uses of the space in the frame like yeah. dividing the frame and putting characters on like sides of it that make it like some sort of significant statement about their relationship to each other and things like
1: well, the, that. well the cinematic elements in it are so good that i noticed that the sound design was really good yeah like um <laughs> as the sound design and the voice acting so like there's the scene when uh, satoru is getting arrested and he sees the killer and the the rain slows down yeah and the like the sound effects of the rain in slow motion sounds really Fucking amazing wow and I then the scene when um satoru finds uh kayo in the shed yes. after she's been beaten the the uh the sounds like the guttural like cries that kayo makes like yeah the shattered voice acting me. is great shattered me it was so it was so realistic
0: well that that scene in particular I, that's the one i wrote the article about the the framing in that is is crazy like yeah. I i very rarely see anime other than like like feature films from big time anime directors that do such a good job with that stuff. The way it's like, there's the scenes where it's got the Satoru is standing in the doorway of the shed and the mom who's abusing Kaio is on, is outside of it. And all of the shots show the door frame right in between the two of them. And it's like light outside of the shed and dark inside of the shed. And Satoru's there. yeah And then when the mom goes in and sort of pushes him out, she grabs him and they reverse positions. And now Satoru is on the other side of the door frame and she is on like the inside of the door frame. And it's like that is, yeah, physically she is like moving toward being inside the shed. But like in the frame, it is this like reversal where it's like she's crossed the line and pushed him on the other side of the barrier. And then it's got other stuff going on with light where it's like, it has this like reversal. That whole scene has this interesting reversal where like being in the dark is good and being in the light is bad. So when like, whenever Kaio is shown in the dark, it's representing being like with Satoru and being safe. And then when her mom grabs her, like there's multiple shots in that scene where the mom pulls Kaio from dark to light. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, There's a lot of stuff like that. I've seen a really good breakdown of the the scene where by the tree where Kayo and Satoru meet and there's a lot of really good stuff there similar with like using a dividing line in the frame where there's like whenever they are portrayed as being separated from each other they're shown with the tree in between them and then whenever they're shown to be close it's like they're shown in the same frame with nothing in between or they're like shown in separate shots there's a lot of stuff that I'm shocked that the director of Sword Art Online is, that did in that That's show. I'm
2: telling you to watch it so that <laughs> you can see that. Well, okay. So, Sword Art Online gets pretty bad like all I've the heard. time. <laughs> but they're, they're, I think there might be something that you can at least appreciate with the uh, just the shots and the way that they're composed.
0: The, uh, That's that as much credit as I look at it. Hmm? I was going to say, Erased also has the uh, the interesting thing where all the scenes in the past are letterboxed. They've got the the oh, widescreen yeah. format. Which uh, I've heard a very interesting interpretation of that because I just sort of initially was like, "Oh, interesting." It's just kind of like a different way of portraying, like, you know, just just. I guess it's got a it's got a couple different meanings. The one that I picked up on, which is pretty obvious, is like, in addition to just separating the visual style of the past and present, it's also so that they can do the thing with the film reel, yeah, right, to kind of like give this. There's a metaphor of like. Cinema of like the past being a a film reel of memories or something, uh, but an interesting point that someone made in that same breakdown video I saw of the the scene with the tree is that it's uh, it's because he's a child, it's he has a narrower kind of field of view. Adults have their heads cut off because he's shorter, right? He has like huh. doesn't have as much perspective as an he has an as an adult.
1: That's. That's an idea. Yeah, I mean, it might not be <laughs> true.
0: You can always interpret these things multiple ways. But I actually found that to be a kind of interesting reading of the choice there.
1: Either way, it's. Cool. I mean, I think I think at the end of the at the end of the day, it is mostly just a way. Oh, then again, they don't go back to the present that often, so I guess they don't really need to distinguish the visual style that badly. But it it does make for a good way to do that. Yeah, I also just think
0: the widescreen format is. I just I like it. I think there's a Generally, lot of... Generally,
1: sti- yeah, just,
2: it looks so much more... Everything just feels more important when it's widescreen. Right? I don't know why, <laughs>
0: that might just be like a cultural association we have with wow. like what things get filmed in widescreen, right? Yeah, you know, I, and it's not just a race that does this sometimes,
2: like, I remember, I like um, Shaft, uh, that does Monogatari, mm-hmm. does a lot of those scenes in widescreen, uh, when it's like something especially important, like a confrontation, so it's like it does like the whole like regular dimensions for you know just any regular scene but then when you like you get it to an actual climax then you get the widescreen effect
1: the, uh, the it's fi- nice
2: it works it's like it's easy
1: the filmic motif in a race could also just indicate that uh being in the past in his child body is is surreal yes exactly. like everything he does just feels surreal like and watching like, a movie yeah something. like watching a movie it can be engrossing and and uh you can feel, you can feel like, what's the word I'm looking for? Immersed. You can yeah. be immersed in a film, but it never quite feels right, like a dream. Yeah.
0: Well, there's also, that ties in with the fact that he is a manga artist, right? And manga is a kind of cinematic storytelling medium to some degree. And there's like a, there's an element of like, he's a storyteller. Yeah. And so like, this is like watching a movie of his life. It's yeah, this the whole, story version of whole his life. This whole experience is right? also kind
1: of just like building his muse as a manga artist. Right. And he's finding his artist, artistic voice. Through this whole adventure. But I will I will also kind of agree with you, David, that outside of just...
0: I, I think we, we, there is a bit of a bias, I think, that just like widescreen... Things that get filmed in widescreen <laughs> tend to be things that are more artistic or whatever. Yeah. So people tend to associate it with that. But, things, great artistic <laughs> movies like Chocolat. Oh, God, get away from me. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean? That has like a connotation to it. But outside of just that, I also just think that the by like accentuating the, the ratio of the screen, you get to do really interesting stuff with horizontal space that you don't quite get when yeah. you have a, like a tall screen. I guess also screen, right? uh,
1: Satoru in the past, the whole thing is he is completely on edge and his head's on a swivel and he's not mm. you know, not only is his Field of vision shorter, but he's also like looking yeah. over his shoulders, yeah. looking around, trying to f- scan the environment for dangers and and all this shit too. Well, and
0: that's a, that's part of what it does too. There's a lot to talk about here with specifically just with the aspect ratio, yeah. Like because because it's also a mystery where you're tr- you and satsu are trying to pick up on every detail. Having the wide field of view does just that because you also yeah, as a you are scanning the, yeah, the screen exactly. like what's gonna happen, what's going on. Does like, that mean anything? Is the, what yeah. is that a water bottle? What's going yeah, on? Exactly. That's it. Yeah, it's a good point. It really does that. It kind of like gives you more to look at and makes you more on edge because you're trying to pay attention yeah. to every detail.
1: Uh, you know, I have, there's there was one, one other small thing in a race that bugged me. And it was the whole method of killing Kaya, where it's like when she, when she gets beat up and put in the shed, uh, s- spray her with water so she gets cold and freezes to death and then put her back. And it was like, what, what, can you just like put her in the trunk of your car and like, throw her in a river or something like what is all this I guess the point was to make it look like it was the parents fault yeah yeah that's his
2: whole thing where like people die and then other people get blamed for it that was weird
1: I mean you could just like drug her and stop her heart and then it'll look like she died from getting beat and thrown in a shed (laughs) <laughs> but like Bill's the whole, thought like, a lot about this. Whole, yeah, I think a lot about. Yeah, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not gonna you. <laughs> I don't want to end up on any lists. No, but it just it just seems weird. Like I'm gonna take her out of the shed and assume she won't wake up, and spray her with water and assume she won't wake up, and let her get cold even faster and die, assuming she doesn't wake and up. And like it's that's two opportunities for you to be seen doing that, and a whole lot of time where she could wake up and run away or something. It's 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 like it seemed convoluted. Yeah. Uh, I think we have a question oh. from
0: from a longtime listener of the Annie Gamers podcast, Inc. That's a writer for Annie Gamers. That's the joke. Oh. <laughs> uh, so Inc. asks, Does the romantic feelings a mentally older Satoru develops for the elementary school girl he's trying to protect <laughs> bother you in the same way as the developing relationship in what do you think he's asking about, David? What could possibly be the other anime that Inc. is trying to defend with this question. It's Garden of Words.
2: Yeah, we fought about this in the uh, unreleased and actually never produced, (laughs) uh, poorly implemented, poorly thought out uh,
0: Garden of Words episode for the Gamers podcast. For context here, because not everybody has heard us talk about Garden of Words. I have no
1: idea what Garden of Words is.
0: Garden of Words is a Makoto Shinkai film that is uh, about... Feet in a Garden, as David would put it. Uh, Foot Garden, it's, yeah. It's it's the Foot Garden anime. It's about a, a relationship between a... It's arguably not romantic for most of the movie, but then kind of gets pretty romantic by the end. Between a high school student and a... What, how old is she? 25? 25, 25, 27. 25-year-old 25 woman. Like a high school boy and a 25-year-old woman. Huh. Yeah. So I was pretty bothered by the implication that the mo- I think the movie makes, that this is, like, okay, and is something that should be... That, like, if only they could be together, it would yeah. be great. Like, well, it well, kind of wouldn't I, be. <laughs>
2: I argued that it wasn't
0: about it being okay
2: or not. It was about these two understanding the sort of distance between them, because that's whole, Shinkai's whole deal. Right. distance, All between, distance people. between people. Right, well, so... They kind of have to fumble around a little bit in the beginning to understand that distance and realize that, you know, she's got a career to get back on track, and he's got a certain dream that he's got to realize, and it's probably not going to involve this woman. Anyway.
1: Anyway, in Erased.
0: Yeah, the the contrast <laughs> here is I have an issue with that in Garden of Words and Ink
1: is Curious if I have a similar issue in Erased. So I would like to offer my viewpoint as someone who doesn't watch a lot of anime, so I'm exposed to the uh questionable <laughs> sexualization of children in anime a lot less. Yeah. Um I thought that it was I thought it was pretty normal in Erased. So like uh there's there's this only comes up like a few times in a race when yeah. Satoru is, is in his child body. Um but for instance there's this scene where Kyle comes to stay with Satoru and his mother and his mom uh takes a, you know gives Kyle a bath and takes a bath with her. Yeah, yeah. That's Which, a pretty um honestly that that's the weirder part to me. It's just like someone bathing with some other kid.
0: That's actually a more Japanese. Yeah, I, and, like, and I
1: figured yeah. that. Um and then so when that's happening like uh you know so Satoru's mom is trying to cheer up Kayo and and they again like she starts tickling her and Satoru hears the, the laughing from the bathroom and you see him kind of like like his ears perk up and then like his face get red and be like, yeah. What am I doing? Uh I feel like that's a pretty normal reaction because it's not like he's thinking about a naked eight-year-old girl. He's just thinking about like before he even gets to that point, he's just thinking of the concept of hearing a girl laughing in the bath. And I think that's what like, he starts to think about it and then realizes that he's starting to think about it. And that doesn't make right. any sense. Well, I think the fact that he, it it is important that
0: the character addresses it directly. And is like, this is weird. I shouldn't be thinking any of this stuff. Right? Yeah. I, but also I get it actually. Like it actually, the explanation in the show for it, it actually would feel weirder if he didn't like feel something Yeah, because he's, If you imagine, like, yourself back in your, like, 10-year-old body or whatever, right? Like, and in your 10-year-old life, there's a certain amount of, like, you'd adapt back to it in some form or another. And some part of that would be, like, there would be a sort of reflexive, like, you would react to people in ways similar to the way you would have as a 10-year-old. Well, I don't
1: think it even, I don't think it ever really goes that far for Satsura. I think it's just, like, you know, because he's trying to save this girl's life, he develops a certain... Uh, affection for her is that too yeah. that is kind of put into that retroactive context but i don't think it ever goes beyond just an initial reaction to a girl i think uh, like i don't think he's like i don't think, think, like, I don't think he's yeah i don't think he's her. thinking about <laughs> fucking this kid right. i think yeah. he's <laughs> just thinking about the concept of like a girl being cute right and it's not going as far as uh you know like it's not it's not going beyond thought hugging beyond what like thinking about hugging like <laughs> oh, he's thought like it's like very like basic affection it's not like actual like lust well, and I
0: think, I don't know, like, to to me, though, I agree with that. But I'm also, I also just really, really think the important part is that, like, it's illegal, right, for an adult to be to, in a relationship with a whatever, let's say, like, a 14-year-old. Sure. But 14-year-olds 14-year-old are illegal. attracted to other 14-year-olds. So, like, if you were back in that situation, there would probably be some point where you might... Like, well, there's some part of your brain and you see it. Satoru like has parts of his interactions with people that revert a little bit. Yeah. He he acts the same way he did when he was 10 in some situations. Yeah.
1: Also, I mean, if we're going to go down that road, they they are also they're they're prepubescent. And so, like, I mean, there's also, you know, there is affection in the in the line of romance that that does not actually overlap with sexuality. So he can have a crush on her without it being like a gross sexual thing. And he doesn't even have a crush on her. He just has this, you know, he has this yeah. attachment from trying to save this girl, and he feels for her. And uh, sometimes she does cute things. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm pretty okay with it. On yeah, virtually as, far, every as level. far as anime goes, it's it, pretty tame. It's it's addressed directly in the show. It's like it is kind of realistic to what would happen yeah. in in that you know imaginary fantasy situation that can't actually ever really happen. <laughs> you could totally watch and some grosser stuff than this oh yeah i mean you could watch tomohiko ito's other show sword art
1: online <laughs>
0: <laughs> i again haven't watched it but my understanding is there's some there's some cousin relationships there or i something. actually
1: thought it was weirder in a race that uh, satoru was ended up with id because uh, that id thing is weirder because, because he's, he's
0: actually an adult he's like 27 timeline.
1: and she's what like 17
0: yeah yeah
1: that ain't right that was weirder.
0: I was hoping the whole show that I was like, yeah, I hope they really just make that like a friend. Like, thing. I, well, I like, thought
1: it was fine that like she seemed to maybe have a crush on him, but like he was he never going to go for it. Yeah, it's like he, he's but there's an implication that he would go for maybe, it. Maybe maybe they're just friends at the end. Well, maybe also
0: at the end. I think the the way that they get around it is I think it's if I remember the timeline correctly, she's supposed to be older at that point. So now she's old enough, or something. Yeah, no, you, know, you put yourself
2: in a really weird spot where it's like, well, how seventeen is she? No, and then <laughs> that's like the worst question you can yeah, ask. Yeah, exactly. Wait,
0: oh, oh, there's I think she's a... supposed to be like nineteen at that point because it's later. It's not the exact time, but he's still the same amount of years older. Although the one thing that they didn't, oh, was... okay, sure, but well, <laughs> but I, I'm saying I don't actually, frankly, I don't have an issue as long as the person is of age. Oh yeah, but I mean, well, nineteen and.
1: 29 is I mean it whatever really? it's that's still yeah. pretty bad it's just not illegal at least sure what, what, <laughs> one thing they 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 didn't well they didn't address it in the last episode but they didn't really need to because it never got to a point where the question would really come up but Satoru wakes up from this coma and he hasn't been conscious since he was 10 everyone thinks so it's like he's gonna have to pretend to have a child's mind for a while because everyone it's an interesting it, idea yeah. and I, I feel like they don't even need to address that. Just the fact that it happened. They, they didn't is need it, it in the context of what happens. But like, it's after an interesting the show, thing
0: to think about when yeah, the show. He would have over. to pretend
1: to be have a child's mind. For, I was thinking about like that. Like, years. he is
0: a remarkable psychologically. That guy is now a like really remarkable person yeah. because he is a guy who's lived an entire adult life, then reverted to ten, then got in a coma and came back out, and now is in a different timeline, but has an entire memory of a a whole different timeline yeah <laughs> like and now he's just gonna live and the rest now of he his life pretend to be like mentally 11 yes right and he, he'll live the rest of his life knowing 27 or whatever like i guess if you subtract the 10 years like 17 years of a timeline that no longer exists yeah like i right?
1: was, i think about that with like <laughs> time travel movies like back to the future where like he gets back to, to his present time and everything that happened in his life up till then was different and he doesn't even know what it was now like he doesn't know his whole life he has all this incorrect information from a different timeline it's like oh cool yeah your your parents are happier and your your life is better but you don't know that you you still have the same crappy life you had the first time around
0: yeah it's a a really interesting idea and again they don't need to address it but it just gets you thinking yeah it's It's very interesting
1: to think about
2: that's don't anime to watch
0: but David, did you have a, a? Did you actually give your thoughts? Like, are you yes or no on the on? Is it okay? Yes or no true? on, on kick crushes like
2: Kaio a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, you know, you could watch some grosser stuff. I just thought it was generally cute, and that was actually, um, I probably lumped that along with some of the better parts of a race, hmm. just because it kind of ties in with like his whole uh, connecting his interactions with, people. with like with people. Like, yeah. it just yeah. seems like really interesting to think like well he's got all these really unpleasant memories and he's trying to fix them and then he does like dumb stuff where he's like really he puts himself out there like he's really bold and then yeah. he realizes and everybody else is like whoa
0: whoa he's yeah. got a crush on Kayo. which is actually worth mentioning that like the timing in those in a lot of the dialogue in general but the timing in those scenes is really perfect just the way that he like yeah the, the timing of the dialogue and, like, the, you know, cuts back and forth to the other people where it's like he says something and then he, it's got this perfect pause where he's like, did I say that? And it cuts and everybody's like,
1: what? <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that was pretty good. But I, I think you could also just be like, like, if you were in if you were in Satoru's shoes and, like, you knew you had to get close to this girl right. to try to save her. And, you know, all your 11-year-old friends are like, you like her? Like, you're right. not going to be embarrassed. And we're like, uh, yeah, let's go with that. I like her. Uh, I want to go hang out with her. So... Yeah, exactly. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't be embarrassed and ashamed, which would be like, kind come of my a... guys,
2: it's life or death here. Of course I like her. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then that's the the point of the show, right? Is it ends up he kind of does, right? He he gets sucked into this thing that he was trying to deal with in this really dispassionate way, which is one of the that was one of the things in that breakdown of that scene that yeah. they the the way the guy interpreted it was that like Satoru is trying to approach Kayo as just like I'm just here to save he, her life, He and has eventually an he actually yeah. has this like connection with her that he wasn't intending to make. And
1: God, I mean who who wouldn't though? Like poor girl. Right, I
0: know. <laughs> I think that's actually yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything. So in terms of final thoughts on a race, uh, would you guys recommend people watch it?
1: Absolutely, but if I had the chance I would warn them about the ending.
0: Yeah, if only you could go back in time <laughs>
1: right <laughs> before
0: it happened.
2: Just exit out of Crunchyroll.
1: Right. Well you know if they don't if they get um you know, some bad feedback on a race, they could just redo the season.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be very in keeping <laughs> yeah. with the show. Uh, I would definitely, I mean, that I think that the way that it's paced and shot is more like a sort of, like a an American show, like, you know, an HBO show or like a, you know, AMC kind of thing than virtually any anime yeah. I've seen in the past couple of years. It's, like, it's the sort of thing that I, I recommended to my mom. Like, I tell everybody who has not watched anime like watch this show it's like watching
1: like it also has not cartoon it, it has <laughs> some parallels to like uh, another time travel show that I just watched which is uh, 11-22-63 on, mm. on Hulu and it's all about James Franco and yes the, it's about the James Franco, James Franco <laughs> I told him about this time. show before and he's like wait actual <laughs> you James really Franco told me on this show. and I'm like yeah Seth Rogan's there too he's like so, um, uh, James Franco goes back in time and, uh, like into the sixties and his whole, uh, the whole idea is to try to stop the Kennedy assassination. And, um, uh, so like, it's very well shot and everything. So it's, 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 I would compare it to a race, at least on those cup, like it's well made and it's got time travel. Yeah. It's also just, and both shows have Seth Rogen. That's <laughs> right. Like, oh, 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 oh man, all the pop back yeah. here sucks. Oh, he, <laughs> yeah.
0: Seth Rogen plays Kaio in
1: <laughs> a race, <laughs> but I think
0: uh, it one of the most important things is like anime has all these really embedded genres that like you only know if you're a giant weeaboo or whatever, right? So it's like if you try to tell somebody like watch Gundam and like what is it? Uh it's like giant robots but it's like a war story, but it's like oh okay, whatever. But if you tell like I when I told my mom to watch Erased, I'm like it's a time travel murder mystery. And she was like, great, I understand what that is, and that sounds interesting because I like those things. (laughs) Like, you don't have to give it this whole stupid explanation of, like, all this context that you need because it's this anime that comes from, you know, that's, oh, it's a mashup of two anime genres you've never heard of. I think that really works in its favor, that it's got, like, an easy elevator pitch. You can just sort of quickly tell somebody what it's about and... It sounds really interesting <clears throat> if you just give them that pitch
1: you know since this is the Annie gamers podcast I would recommend if you enjoyed a race uh, you should check out a game called Oxenfree, uh, mm. which came out a, a couple months ago it's it's a it's an indie game it's only like uh, 20 bucks I think but uh, it has um, it has more broader supernatural elements but it also has uh, time loop elements to it and like it's basically an adventure game um, but it's it's a fantastic game and if you like to race you might like that game huh
0: yeah, I think you or somebody else mentioned it to me. So, what about you, David? Final thoughts? Well, thinking about it, is probably an
2: essential creator story now for anime. If you're like you're thinking about like stories that are like kind of like about people that make stuff mm. in a, in a, like a weird way, not like a very direct Shirobako sort of way, but more like like oh, here is a anime adaptation of a manga about a manga artist going back in time to fix his life like you finally yeah you finally get like that sort of like kind of meta narrative thing yeah yeah that you don't really have a lot of in anime like you got plenty of that in like books and films and whatever but not so much in anime have you read
0: opus the satoshi Kon manga oh yeah i love yeah it's a it reminds me a bit of that right because it's like the manga artist gets sucked into his own manga yeah but there aren't that many that i can think of opus is one of the few like satoshi Kon has like like, Perfect Blue, but not really... It's not as much... paprika, sort of? Sort of, yeah. Like, I can't even think of very many other things that are, like, about the creative process or, like, about psychoses of creators. Because, I mean, think about it. Like, Satoru's kind of messed up and it gets, a, like, a lucky break. Right.
2: Just, like, going throughout this whole show without doing anything really horrible.
0: Yeah. He totally could have, though. He could have killed... He, I. He could have been the killer. I mean, he could Satoru. have had like,
2: significantly I... less substantial moral fiber.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> like, true.
2: He could have been like a really awful person. Uh, um, we'd have a completely
0: different story. He could have been. Uh, it could have been Adventure Kid, actually. That would have been cool. That's a one. That's a oh. good time travel story. If you're interested in Adventure Kid, in which they uh, have sex with some fairies in Episode One, then they go back in time in Episode Two to kill Hitler and stop the Holocaust and then in episode three, they have some more sex with some fairies. She's dark. Yep. Adventure kid. Uh, all characters are over the age of 19 and are attending a preparatory college. We have a question from at sign Dexterra love. Isaac Valdez asks, I'm a pretty big sports fan and out of the few sports anime I've sampled, they're freaking ridiculous. What's well, a good one? Do you watch any sports anime, David?
2: Um, I want to say I don't, really like regularly watch sports anime but i want to really really recommend kaiji like right <laughs> is that now.
0: sports
2: gambling ah. man it's gambling
0: is restricted it's... rock paper scissors really a sport <laughs> but it's totally framed like a <laughs> yeah, sports I see you anime <laughs> like the where like a single move will take an entire episode yeah kaiji i've only watched the first 10 episodes but it is great it's so stupid like trying to describe it to somebody right because it's like yeah uh so in kaiji he takes like a whole episode talking to people and having an internal monologue to decide whether to do rock paper or scissors and people are like that sounds like the worst show it's like no no no, you don't understand it's the best like that's actually
2: yeah like that's the just the best part just like you really dive into these guys heads and then you understand like every sort of like dumb trick that these really shitty
0: gamblers try to come up with <laughs> is kaiji the story how, about well, awful people like it's just really it's just about how like, awful can human beings be probably like
2: the most exciting anime Dang. you can watch about high stakes gambling <laughs>
0: <laughs> god i just want to go watch kaiji now i've never wanted to watch anime less dude kaiji is so good you don't understand they get stuck on a boat and they have to play restricted rock paper scissors, or else they die. Well, what does or restricted whatever. mean? They only context? get a certain number of cards. They start with like.
1: Since when does rock paper scissors play with cards?
0: Okay, so they, they they start with these cards. They have, they have like rock paper and scissors. I guess they start with, they might start with one of each or two of each or something like that, right? And then in order you play rock paper scissors, but you have a limited set. So if you use if you do paper twice or whatever, and you started with two, you can't do paper anymore. You can only do rock and scissors. And so there's this, like,
1: these mind games of people trying to, like, psych each other out. I think I'm having a stroke.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I only want to see rock, paper, scissors if it's young Goku doing it to some demon in its eyes.
0: <laughs> Shut up.
1: Other sports anime,
0: Ping Pong is great. Have you seen Ping Pong, David? Uh, that's Yuasa, though. Like, I don't yeah. really... I'm not a huge Yuasa fan, but that's that's the most accessible that Yuasa has ever been.
2: Yeah,
0: so, like, those... Like I put accessible and Yuasa in like two like, complete yeah. circles of a Venn diagram, and they never touch. They never touch the just, middle. No, I mean they touch at one point, and it's called Ping Pong. It's a very good show. It's like I a, mean it's like, like a, a pretty standard like pixel wide touch, maybe. <laughs> That's right, we're being generous here. It's uh Ping Pong is like a really, it's actually kind of simple, straightforward sports story. It's just about these kids, like it's Ping Pong is just their way of finding meaning in the world and kind of, you know, it's their thing. It's what gives them, keeps them going and it's what they're passionate about. And it manages to be super emotional without actually getting all that melodramatic in it. Like it, it, it's really, really good at striking that balance where it's all kept kind of in perspective where it's like ping pong's a big deal for these people. But at the end of the day, it is, a, it's just a sport. And like sports is just a thing that is important to them. Uh, And they move on at the end of the story and it's just sort of like they all grew up and some of them played ping pong and some of them didn't. But at the end of the day, they like they all learned something from it. And it's it's good. It's really solid. And like every single character is great. They've all got their own little stories about like what ping pong means to them. I don't really like most sports anime, but that show was one of the few that I really enjoyed. I can't even think of other ones that i've
1: watched when i was in high school this uh this guy i knew got really into tennis because of king of tennis uh
0: prince of tennis prince of
1: tennis did he get the king die and the
0: prince (laughs) became the
1: king of tennis the king is dead long live the king of tennis (laughs) listen man it was like 10 years ago and i didn't care then yeah i still don't care about
0: prince of tennis but uh nope can't think of any other sports anime that i watched i watched one episode of haikyuu and that show is very very nicely animated is that a show about hiking nope nope <laughs> that is i think i think haikyu actually refers to the onomatopoeia of the shoes squeaking on the floor it's volleyball you know <laughs> some of those onomatopoeia are real stretches <laughs> <laughs> all right i think that's the only question we got uh oh right because so ink actually reminded me of the other one which i haven't watched all of but i mean if you're gonna if you count kaiji then i have to count Fudu. yeah then that show Oh no, yeah totally i've I've only seen a bit of it, but what, uh, for some reason, like that's a show where I've watched a couple episodes and they were amazing. And then I never watched more, but those few episodes were some of like the, some of my favorite anime, probably <laughs> it's Shihiafuru is about Karuta. If you guys don't know, Karuta is this like car- card game. That's like, you lay out a bunch. Of, it's like memory, right? What's the, the card game memory, but like high stakes memory, high stakes memory played in played in real time. Where you're at you actually can see all the cards but anybody can like it's you're you're supposed to like slap a card when it gets mentioned or something uh but anybody you know there's two people playing and both of them can slap any card so they're sort of competing to hit it first and it gets super intense and it's not even just that the anime makes it super intense because if you watch real karuta games they're actually scarier than the anime version (laughs) 'Cause everybody moves so fast that it's like they're probably I think they get injured if they like if their hands hit each other while they're playing. <laughs> wow. That's a show?
1: It's a yeah, real show. It's a show
0: based on that. It's a real it's a real sport too, a real like game. Wow. It's competitive karuta. It's a card game where you are like slapping the cards. I'll show you a video, it's crazy. Uh no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> the show's really good. It's animated by Madhouse, uh, and a, lo- a lot like ping pong and a lot of sports animated, like does a very good job with like, amping up the tension, on all these moves and stuff. All right. Well, so Isaac Valdez again. We have one listener apparently. <laughs> Isaac Valdez, <laughs> very consistent listener, asked in the email question: What band would you want to do an anime soundtrack? The entire soundtrack. Oh. My answer is always Sloan, but that's lame. They actually <laughs> wouldn't do a very good job as a, an anime soundtrack band.
1: So. <laughs> um, uh, my choice would be Anthem. I don't know them. They're a Japanese metal band. They're hmm. like they're from the hair metal days, but they are still a band, and they're still really good at it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know how else I don't know how it would score an anime except with electric guitars. So I don't. I feel like I just, I listen to a lot of rock
0: music. I feel like a lot of that wouldn't. I mean, it could work, right? I mean, the Pillows did
1: "Fully Cooly," but it really depends. I don't listen to a lot of bands that would fit anime typically. Because yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, the music, f- like for anime openings and stuff, it's like I don't know how it, how it's described, but it's like I, almost like an offshoot of like ska, where it's got <laughs> like the really like upbeat like yeah, rock yeah. tunes, and it's like I don't know, it's I don't know how to describe it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, is there, yeah. is there a genre? I mean, it's pop rock, and sure. very broadly, right? Yeah,
2: I definitely love anything that Boris does. So definitely have Boris do an entire Drone Metal soundtrack, that were like, <laughs> like a Flowers
0: of Evil style okay, psychological yeah, yeah. horror. I don't know what Drone Metal is, but the description, like just the name sounds like it would fit in Flowers of Evil. Yeah, It was very droney
2: to begin with, but if Boris did it, that'd be really cool because they probably put out like a super stupid exclusive uh, vinyl record, like only limited to 100 copies sold only in japan like something really cool like that
0: boris does the soundtrack for inside mari that work for you hey yeah hey that really works for me all right cool we got it well i think that's about it for us so if you'd like to send an email like isaac valdez did please send us an email at podcast at anagamers.com seriously we need lots more emails uh because otherwise we're just gonna have to rely on twitter questions and i always forget to ask for twitter questions <laughs> speaking of you can find us on twitter at sign Annie gamers a-n-i gamers that is the official ani gamers twitter account where i don't post much other follow than me
1: on twitter Annie. <laughs> i'm a twitterian i'm a gamer <laughs> and when did you become a gamer <laughs> sorry I just uh, I...
0: my tricks don't work on bill when so, i got the
1: email about doing this podcast all i could think of was Annie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh yeah you can follow us there we'll post all the blog posts that we put on Annie gamers and when podcast episodes come out and you can ask us questions on there you can also talk to me i am at sign v-a-m-p-t-v-o and david you are at sign qx20x of course as usual he's back on twitter he's tweeting about erased he's tweeting about uh undertale he's he's got hot takes all around
1: How about you, Bill? I'm at Bill Zoker, B-I-L-L-Z-O-E-K-E-R. Don't go there unless you like real bad jokes about poop. Yep. Uh, Also a man who's made of poop. That's Bill. (laughs) Yep. I'm a real man made of nasty turds, and you don't want to hear what I have to say.
0: (laughs) That should be your Twitter bio. (laughs) Yeah. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, and please leave us a review there. I don't think, last I checked, I don't think we got any more reviews from Stoners, but I would like to get more so this is your regular reminder get high and watch and listen to the any gamers podcast and uh, leave us. also get high and leave us a review i mean if you're high the whole time like if it's one high contiguously that's cool put a Uh, a
1: star for every bong grip you took during the show (laughs) that's right Uh,
0: (laughs) unless you only took one because we don't want... In one which case, no one, many more you can not only take one bonger. Bong to... <laughs> Wait, what did you say, David?
2: You need, like, at least four more bongers before the end of the, of the podcast. If this, you're considering this,
1: right. writing a review and you've only done one. <laughs> this podcast is a real five bonger, if you
0: ask me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but really, we actually do want it. We want to hear from our high listeners. So, <laughs> please do that. Also, go to anygamers.com to read reviews and and columns and general ramblings on the internet about anime manga and video games we are just coming up on the third episode of a bunch of anime series in the spring season so we will be writing our three episode test articles where we tell you about what we actually care about watching and which phoenix right anime adaptation i dropped after watching the first episode of <laughs> you'll never guess which one it is <laughs> And uh, you can also read my writing in Otaku USA magazine where I wrote about only yesterday in the most recent or the issue that's coming out soon. Uh, probably in like a couple months or a month from now or something. I wrote about only yesterday. I wrote manga reviews of Cigarette Girl, Joe, and Forget Me Not. Joe is, is super cool. I've never actually watched that anime, but I read the manga. And listen to me on the CrunchyCast. That's Crunchyroll dot libsyn.com we've got or or also crunchyroll.com slash crunchycast uh that is the official crunchyroll podcast
1: also check out uh crunchyroll's youtube channel because there's a lot there's a lot of new original videos being made right now a lot of them half made by me
0: i I was gonna say for you guys what what are you up to what do you want to send people to
1: that's really the only thing i'm doing right now that you can check out and i would appreciate it if you did i would recommend the uh booth tour video from anime boston Hmm. because you will enjoy the six fingers and that's all i will say you'll have to watch the video to find out seriously (laughs) oh my god dude it is so good (laughs) holy shit you gotta watch it
0: all right what about you david anything new that i'm not aware of uh not yet oh boy yeah that sounds exciting coming yet yeah all right well thank you guys for listening we will hopefully be back in two weeks maybe by then i will have finished my second playthrough of Undertale. And then I will rope what will hopefully be our special guest. I think I'll reveal, I'm going to try to get Nathan Grayson on this podcast to talk about Undertale. So, Woo! David, oh God, get angry. you could not pick a better guest. I know. <laughs> David doesn't like Undertale. Nathan really likes Undertale. We'll see yeah. what comes of this. All right. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye, y'all. Bye.
1: I have an answer for a band to uh what band to score a whole anime, yeah, just uh red Hot chili Peppers <laughs>
0: <laughs> can't stop addicted to the shindig and like there's a God. robot fight happening. was it more than one
1: movie that had them in the in the localized version in the lo- what what well, was which movie was it that the Death Note. Death Note. Okay. Oh, it was was the Death Death Note. Note.
0: Right. It had Danny California in the live-action Death
1: Note movie. Was it the live-action one? I thought it was. That was
0: in the
2: Japanese version too. Yeah. Oh wow. Really? Like the yeah. It's like just that's part of the soundtrack. Man. Yeah. That's so California.
0: Rest in peace. You know, if you write California and you think, if you write her name in the Death Note and you think of her face, she dies. That's. Danny California I hope that they have a,
2: a, song... a Red Hot Chili Peppers song
1: in the new Death Note movie. I hope. the Red Hot Chili Peppers are just in the new Death Note. Yeah, maybe. yeah. I hope. <laughs> just Flea and Aniketis just Flea, hanging out.
0: Flea is Ryuk <laughs> in the new Death Note movie.
1: <laughs> Flea's not a bad actor. He could do it. I mean, I don't. I don't know anything about the character, but I'm sure Flea could do it. I have faith in. I him. I think Flea can do anything he puts his mind to. Absolutely, put his dick in a sock. Anything. Did he do that? Have you seen the own yeah. Hot Chili Peppers do anything? No. They're famous for their cock socks. <laughs> That's not even a joke. <laughs> I believe it. That's the thing. <laughs> it's totally true. It's absolutely true. You're going to look it up after this and you're going to... You they did the, uh, f- the, 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 the Abbey Road
2: thing with the cock socks. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think we have any good answers for your question.